Welcome back to the Photo CEO Podcast, where hosts Megan Mondrell and Frederica Gullickson teach you how to build your photo business by listening to your intuition, taking empowered action, and embodying the photo CEO mindset. Welcome back to the Photo CEO Podcast. We are here today with Natalie Gates. Natalie, um, we are so excited to have you and to um, have you speak to a certain topic, um, which is copywriting, because that's your your trade as a copywriter. Um, we're really excited to kind of dive in to learn more about you and your business and really get to know why copywriting is important and why photographers should consider um what it means to use certain language and words um, when they're, you know, creating their websites or writing their social media posts or whatever. Um, I don't, Megan, I don't know if you've done a lot of copywriting, like, do you have much copywriting knowledge yourself? Because I know I don't really have any. Um, I have a little bit of experience with copywriting. I did a little mini course a little bit ago, um, but nothing professional at all. So when I ended up meeting Natalie, I was very excited to uh, work with her and gain a little bit of knowledge from her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Cause I really, I know again, a little bit just from what I've learned mm-hmm. recently, but I know that Natalie will be such a wealth of knowledge for yes. us and for our listeners. Um, so Natalie, would you mind just telling us just a little bit about who you are and where you're from? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like you guys, I believe based on Vancouver Island. I live in a, a small town called Campbell River now. I used to live in Victoria until um, December, but now I'm in Campbell River. And yeah, I've always kind of been like in a writer's role, like I started my career like I studied journalism and then I went into public relations but I was always kind of searching for the right kind of marketing role that really used my my love and passion for writing so it took me a little while to actually come to copywriting directly Um, but when I did I just fell in love and it kind of happened by accident about a a year ago I've been freelancing for about a year now Um, when I got laid off from my PR job I was like hey this is the time to go all in on copywriting Um, and just it's been awesome. So now I work mostly with creative service providers um, and some coaches with a focus on personality-driven website copy. Um, website copy is my main focus, but I also do like some other things like content um, sometimes. Um, but I just love helping like other fellow solopreneurs and small business owners really embrace their quirks so they can connect with their clients through words. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I feel like Megan is especially good at that. You guys... Would, I don't know if you've looked at her website, but she's yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's something that I really love about Natalie is that um, she doesn't try to water people down and make them sound professional. She really leans into what uh, that person's personality is and like the essence of their branding and what makes them different instead of just trying to make it this picture perfect, how do I sell kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um what do you do in your business? I'm so curious what you do in your business as a copywriter. So like, can you maybe like tell me a little bit about your process when some, maybe somebody inquires with you and you kind of like lead them through a certain process or what do you do um, on the daily in your business as a copywriter? Yeah. So um, once I'm like got the project rolling and we know we're going to work together, I always start or pretty much always start with a really like, in-depth questionnaire but it's not just like a boring like oh what do you do (laughs) questionnaire like it's designed to really ask questions that really help me get at the essence of their brand voice because I can't um, write anything until I have a really great 
uh, grasp of their brand voice, their mission, their values, their backstory, um, phraseology that they, they always use, like the keywords. So that always kind of gets the ball rolling. And then um, we jump on a call, like talking to them face-to-face is huge to help me like hear what they're all about. Once you get a business passionate business owner talking about their stuff, like it's just amazing the stories that come out. So from there, like to take the strategy and their brand voice and um, start writing stuff. So website um, is my main thing. Um, also like emails, uh, sometimes social media captions, sales pages. Um, yeah, that's the main stuff. Um, I'm curious, um, so how would you help somebody find their brand voice, especially as it relates to a photographer who hasn't really thought about the language that they're using on any of those platforms? How would you help someone find their brand voice? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so one thing I was going to touch on is, um, especially with photographers, because I'm sure you all like, you have like a visual style, it's very you. Um, and sometimes they might kind of put off thinking about the written style um they're kind of relying on the visuals a bit a bit more than they should um so i would actually speak from my own experience so when i first was starting building my own brand i was like oh i know my brand voice i know how i talk i know how i speak um so i just kind of like dove into it um and i was writing good content like it sounded like me but when i actually like took the time to step back and like reflect on paper what i want my words to come across is how i want people to feel um it just like improved it so much so um when i'm helping someone kind of like nail down their brand voice i like to start with sort of the big things first so i kind of usually frame it as like your mission um your values your backstory start there and like how those things are all linked together and then um language basically just if you're a personal brand, like a photographer, they're often, their their brand voice is very similar to your actual real life voice. So first you kind of want to determine um, how similar do you want those to be? Chances are they are pretty similar, but there can always be a line. You don't have to be your full entire self and your branding all the time. Um, and then just being afraid or not being afraid to like break the rules and just be conversational. I feel like this is the biggest thing. Like yeah, don't try to sound too formal if you're not formal don't sound corporate unless you are like a corporate brand of course that applies but don't be afraid to be a little weird and just like record yourself like there's all these little tricks like just recording yourself of like what words come up all the time um and thinking about the feelings you want your people to feel when they read your stuff they want to be really like humor (laughs) like you know there's all these different things that you want to think about like the feelings you want to portray and the copy as well as Mm -hmm. the visuals Mm-hmm. One thing that actually Megan and I were just talking about yes- yesterday, I think, um, I just recently discovered this voice typing tool on Google Docs. And so I I don't know if you've ever done this before, but what I've started doing for like creating my social media posts, for example, is I just because I'm very, um, I'm an auditory learner and I love to speak and like, you know, suss things out that way versus like typing. Um, it's just so much quicker. Yeah. And, and it, anyway, so I discovered this voice typing tool. And so I would just like talk my caption out and like tell a story and then edit it so that it, and I was finding that it was actually coming across with my natural voice because I tend to, when I'm writing, I tend to be too formal. I tend to overthink. I tend to try to like perfect everything. And when I was doing the voice typing thing on the Google doc, 
I just noticed that there was just more of a natural flow and a natural voice that they would experience, like clients would experience um, from me directly if they were having a conversation with me. And so I just, I, I love that I discovered that because it has been really fun playing around with that and just seeing the difference um, in terms of like getting people to really know who I am and to get a sense of who I am before they book with me. Natalie, what would you say is a consequence of not having your copywriting and your brand voice matching what you are actually like in real life? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's it plays a, a big role in like expectations. For one, you're not going to actually attract probably the right people that you want to attract if it doesn't really align with who you actually are, um, and expectations, what it's like to work with you. Um, because if you, your, your copy and like your actual personality, you are like your, your biggest unique selling point. Um, so if you're not leveraging that, then you're kind of a a step behind and you're, you're just not going to resonate with people because people like to connect and they're drawn to other humans (laughs) and humans. Uh, I know the word authentic gets thrown around a lot, Um, you shouldn't be forcing authenticity. Um, but once you develop a way and, and actually like, uh, embracing your brand voice and your visuals for how you actually are and how you actually work, it's huge. Like people love that and you'll be happier too, because you're being, you know, just true to yourself and not trying to be something else. I think you would also like, if you're not being, if you're not using your brand voice and not considering like how you're speaking and what's important to you and what you want your clients to feel and what kind of clients you want to attract, then you might be the consequence there too, would be attracting the wrong type of client. Right. And having maybe experiences that you don't want to have in your business. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You definitely got to think about who you want to attract once you're, once you're crafting that. Mm-hmm. Um, so what would, if you could like describe like what copywriting is, I don't know if you kind of did that already, so we can skip over that if you did, but the question that I really was like looking at was what is copywriting exactly and why should photographers want to care about it? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, would you recommend that they just kind of start with what you had already said around like learning about their brand voice and learning, starting with like what their mission is and what their vision is and who they want to work with? Um, like why, why should photographers care about copywriting? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So first I kind of like to define copywriting by, um, comparing it to content writing and which we can get a bit more into in a minute. Um, but when we talk about like copywriting and it's not copywriting as an R I G H T, obviously (laughs) copywriting, um, copywriting is like a sales driver. It's written content with the the goal of making a sale or or getting your reader to take some other sort of action, whether that's giving them your email or signing up for something or filling out your contact form. And then content writing um, is usually like the relationship builder. It's meant to engage and entertain and inspire. Uh, So they can also like overlap a lot. And sometimes you'll use copywriting techniques in your content and kind of vice versa. but basically copywriting is the tool to show people the benefits that they receive from your services, your, your products, and it helps them get over the hump to purchase mm-hmm. something that they need. And I find with visual service providers like photographers, sometimes they can kind of have a tendency to rely, kind of how I mentioned earlier, on their portfolio um, to sell alone, especially on their websites. Um, and like I mentioned um, but you are yourself are kind of like the big differentiator and your copy is like a really important part to 
to portray that so people know what makes you different and why they should choose you. So using effective, like thoughtful copy, not just like placeholders on your website around your photos um, can really help people come to that decision. So in terms of website, that's like a big part. And it also um, is a huge part in like the, the, the user journey on your website um, to make sure they end up where they need to be, which is hopefully booked in your calendar. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's a big part of it. I think Ricky and I were just talking about this yesterday where um, we were like, how many people actually go to galleries? Because I think that a common misconception is that photographers spend hours and hours, sometimes days, you know, asking other photographers, asking other people what photos they should have in their galleries as if that's the booking thing. Like that's the decision-making thing. Um, I don't have a super easily accessible gallery. If someone wants it, then they can find it, but it's not on my menu. And we were talking about this the other day. Like, I don't think people can't see the minute differences between one photographer's work and another. What they're going to notice is the way that they feel when you're talking to them, either on your website, in your content, or in a call. Totally. That's right on. Yeah, I know. Because you obviously have your own visual style and people yeah. will be attracted to that, but yeah, it start to blur together. So like whatever you can do to, to help set yourself apart and show what you actually like to work with is huge. So yeah, your words is where that comes in for sure. Mm-hmm. And like you said earlier, that relationship building piece, because when you were talking about content building versus copywriting, it seemed oh. to me that like the content writing was kind of that relationship builder, which is kind of that first point of contact where people start getting interested in who you are and they follow you, say on like Instagram or something. And then you go into their website, like if they want to book a service with you or book a wedding or whatever, mm-hmm. then you go into more of a copywriting strategy on your website so that you can actually actually close the sale on a new client. Um, I think that having those two together, like first the content, Mm -hmm. content writing, and then the copywriting, they really go hand in hand. And and it's maybe in sort of that order, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's just kind of what I was picking up with what you're saying. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Usually your, your content, like social media stuff is like, yeah, that top of funnel. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's kind of going back to your brand voice. That's why it should be really consistent. Um, You want people to feel like they're talking to the same person on your website as, as they're hanging out with on Instagram. Um, It might be a little bit different because it's more um, results oriented, but in general, your, your brand voice should be really consistent across both. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like they're dealing with a human because you are. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So what, um, what are some, what are five things that photographers need to consider when they're writing copy for their social media? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the first thing that I always consider or suggest people consider is uh, you ask yourself what the, the purpose of the post is first um because you usually you want to be providing like value basically and that doesn't mean it has to always be like tips and advice and insight um a story or entertaining joke or something is is valuable too it's helping to build that relationship so when you go to write your caption um always ask yourself what is the purpose of this caption like what's what's the point and i'll like do wonders for for your writing of it and then the next thing is definitely like the hook in your caption. Um, of course, Instagram is really visual too. So like the visual hooks people as well. But if you want them to get that full value of the caption that we just talked about, um, they need to read past the first line. So uh, yeah, because I think that they only have like a space for like one and a half lines at this point, right? When yeah. you're scrolling. Yeah. So 
the, the hook is big. So there's a couple of different ways you can kind of think about doing that. Um, one of them is called like the open loop method. So people crave closed loops. So you open a loop by just giving them enough information to be intrigued, they'll want to close it. So they'll click read more and keep reading. Or you can kind of go that like newspaper headline uh, strategy is basically like, this is what the post is about. Like five tips to get the best photos, like leading with mm -hmm. that main benefit that the caption is going to come with um, at the beginning. We'll encourage them to keep reading. And the, sorry, the first one that you mentioned with the, like the closed loop, people want to close the loops that they start. So an example of that would, I think maybe be like asking a question. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, asking a question or even just saying something kind of off-putting or strange, um, maybe hinting at a story, um, things like, I'm just thinking of ones I've used recently. Like I remember I used this one. I was like, um, I don't know about you, but dot, 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 it kind of hints at a story and like that got better engagement than other posts. Um, so stuff like that. Yeah. Any way you can just kind of pique some curiosity right at the beginning because obviously Instagram is high or fast paced. So yeah, the hook is like a big component for sure. Um, and then once you got them reading, uh, readability is like a huge thing. It, it kind of sounds small, like a, a small detail, but um not having huge chunks of text like is is huge so breaking up with line breaks emojis um you can like visually kind of put emphasis on the really important parts of the caption and encourage people to read it all so they do get that value um and get to the end of the post if if that's important um again conversational like we kind of already covered that uh but being fun being witty or whatever it is your brand voice is throughout the caption so it's not kind of a drag to read sometimes it is supposed to be informative but that doesn't mean it can't be aligned with your brand voice and conversational in that way um and then the fifth thing like another major thing is the the cta at the post like a call to action what do you want them to do with it so whether that's just liking or dropping an emoji i'm sure you guys kind of chat about this before sending a dm so that kind of goes back to the value of the, the post what do you want to do with it so yeah. So and what kind of engagement do you want to get from what yeah. you're actually putting out, right? Totally. Yeah. Um, so that's great. So um, was, was, there, was there anything else that you thought that photographers should consider uh, when they're doing their copywriting? Did we cover everything? We covered the main things. Let me just see here. Um, I guess we could chat about some just some website pointers a bit if you'd like. like sure. Uh, I feel like everybody would be really curious to hear about that because like most photographers have websites and I know for myself oh my gosh my my website went through like two years of updating and tweaking and like so many different variations um, and so whatever you can provide that would help people get that done more quickly and more efficiently that would be yeah, awesome for sure yeah so like for every page on your website you definitely kind of want to have a, a goal in mind like your instagram post like what do you want people to do on that page where do you want them to end up so really thoughtfully like planning that out and like placing your your buttons and your calls to action to help guide them where you want them to go one page that is like can be really tricky to write they're really weird to write is, is the home page because they kind of they can serve multiple different purposes um but main things you want to usually capture on your home page um first of all like your your hero section like the top of your page 
um, start with a really strong headline. Don't use like placeholder text, like welcome to my website or just like the name of your brand. Because people often do that. But if you can um, instead integrate a headline that really like captures the main transformation you want your clients to get from working with you. And that kind of helps shows what your brand is all about. And again, kind of drives home what makes you different, like right from the get-go along with a killer image. Um, that's really awesome to do. Um, and then you like for your homepage kind of going into like showing you really understand what your clients need. Again, what is that transformation they want? Is it like a really fun, lighthearted wedding day and like a photographer who really understands who you are um, getting specific. And that again is really knowing your ideal client. Um, so you can demonstrate that in your copy, in your words and showing you understand. And, and then, so when you go to show your offer and like what it is you do, they, they know that you resonate with them or they resonate with you. And, uh, and then you can start breaking out like, or introducing you because um, you are the solution as a photographer. And then also like some of the details for the different packages you have, maybe it's like weddings, elopements and something else um, with the, the right CTAs to help guide them there if that's what they need. Um, and then also you want to have, if possible, proof. So proving you can do what you're saying you can do. So like really awesome testimonials are obviously great. Um, tip for testimonials is to try and weave stories into them as well. So when you're collecting them, like go into the intent, like how can I ask questions for this past client to, to really show the full transformation they, they felt by working with me and pulling out those words to show on your website. So it's not just she was great, which you are, but if yeah. you can like get a testimonial that, that really shows the full picture, uh, that is killer. And then like one pulling of the, out a headline for, for each one that catches the eye. Yeah. One of yeah. the things that I really like to do, and I didn't realize that I was doing it until you just said that <laughs> is when I ask people for reviews, I'll, I'll ask three specific questions, which is how did you feel when, like, when you were, what you, how did you feel when you were thinking about what your session would be like? What was the session actually like? And how did you feel? And then how did you feel when you got the images back? Um, and so what that does is it, it really tells that story. If you look at any of my review, reviews, even on Google, everybody was like, I was really nervous. I'm shy in front of the camera. Like I, mm -hmm. I thought I would be uncomfortable and she made me feel so amazing and comfortable and inspired yeah. and whatever. And then I really loved these images back and I'll definitely be booking or when I, I love these images and I'll definitely be booking again, kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't even realize that I was doing that, but it sounds like it sounds yeah. like what you just said. Yeah. It's really powerful. Yeah. You both do that really well. I've seen Megan too. And yeah, like it just really, it leaves an impression. It's like people, they're like, Oh, I want to feel like that. And especially when you know uh, that pain point. So that question, um, how did you feel beforehand is like really smart because that not only gives you like the exact feedback of what your, your client's pain points are, but it, it shows people that you can help them overcome them. And that's that's awesome. So, and then you can use that in other parts of your copy too. Like this is how I help you feel comfortable because that's, mm -hmm. that's a huge thing for sure. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Was there any other, what else was I going to say? Websites. Um, did you have another question or? No, I was just, I was just gonna, something that came up that I was thinking about when you were talking was one of the things that I also did when I was building my website over that two year period. Oh my God, that seemed like it was like never ending, um, was just, I would look at other websites 
other photographers' websites or just websites in general. And I would look at their, like, their, their user friendliness. Like, I would be like, why, Mm. why is this here? Why can't I find the thing that I'm looking for? Um, Right. So I, I was really trying to, on my website, consider like the user experience of like, what is a potential client going to want to see first and foremost, and what are they going to be looking for? And how can I make that super obvious on how to find that information? Yeah, that's huge for sure. And that just blends with design, of course, but copy often leads that. So having a really good understanding. Okay. Yeah, exactly. What are people looking for when they come to my page Um, and making sure those things aren't hidden um, they're clear, they're up front, it's not too cluttered, it's not like hidden in a block of text. Another thing with website copies, you typically don't want big blocks of text um, unless that serves a very specific purpose. And even if, and then when you do have that, you typically want like a really clear headline that lets people know what they're about to read. So if they do need some information in there, they know to expect it and where to find it. So yeah, you, taking the user experience into account when you're building a website and writing it, it's huge. And then once you start designing things or if you're working with a designer or whatever, making sure that the right parts of the copy stand out visually because people, they read websites differently than we, we read uh, blog posts, of course. So yeah, using like clear headlines, really clear buttons, bullet lists and stuff um, can make a huge difference. Making sure. That's awesome. <laughs> when I was uh, making my website, I would give it to like the older people in my family and make mm. sure that there were two things that happened, that they could navigate it easily and yeah. that they didn't like the words I was saying, because if they liked <sighs> the words I was saying, then I wasn't applying. I wasn't, you know, connecting with my ideal client. <laughs> oh, that's so smart. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, test with people. Yeah, so you can test with people who are kind of the opposite of your ideal client. And then you could also, you know, run it by people who are. Yeah. Um, see if they resonate. Um, yeah. And yeah, and reading it. And then even before you do that, just reading your copy out loud is crazy <laughs> how helpful that is. Um, for one, you'll right away, you'll know, does that sound weird? Does that sound like me? Is it hard to read? So like, that generally copy content, always read your stuff out loud to yourself, like a crazy person before you. (laughs) I have one other question that came up. It's going back a little bit to earlier in our conversation. um, But I think we've definitely touched on why copywriting is important. Um, But I think one of the objections that I've heard in the past and that people might have is that they don't want to turn people away. They don't Mm. want to not appeal to everyone. So what have you ever had any clients that have had that concern or like, what would you say to those people? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, So the big thing is, of course, when you're speaking to everyone, you're usually speaking to no one because no one is really resonating on like that emotional level when things are too broad and too general. And so that's not helping you if you're not resonating to anyone. I definitely know the fear of that, of not wanting to leave anyone out. I've felt that for my own business, especially when you're like, well, I know everyone can use my stuff and like I want clients, um, but you're, you're not going to attract those, those people at all if you're, if you're not really specifically understanding what they need um, and communicating that. So I've definitely had some clients who maybe they have kind of two main, two pe- groups of people they want to focus on, but um, by trying to really dr- drive home those specific uh, needs and um, 
outcomes <laughs> that they could expect by trying to like cram too much into the website. It just, it was unclear. So um, you just have to clarify that. And of course, there's always ways you could um, explain that, oh, I also offer this without it being your main focus, for example, on your website, like maybe in your frequently asked questions, you could have, oh, do you also work with business owners on branding shoots? And you, if you do, you're like, yeah, I do. But if your main focus and you're really trying to appeal to weddings or something, um, you just got to bite the bullet <laughs> and, and focus on it. And, and it's scary, but you'll find more success once you do have that clarity. And then once you grow more and more and more, sometimes you can afford to be a bit more general when you're like really a bit higher up um, sometimes, but positioning yourself as a bit more of a specialist uh, is, is powerful for sure. So, yeah. Yeah. I think in summary, I guess, is um, don't assume that like your words don't matter <laughs> when you're a visual service provider, like a photographer um, and don't be afraid to be, specific and who you're speaking to because you probably have ideal clients that you're trying to appeal to with your photos as well and then take the time to really reflect on how you want to be portrayed through your words in addition to your visuals and yeah don't be afraid to break the rules be a little weird use what makes you special to <laughs> stand out in your words and if that means like brain dumping verbally or typing um into a, a word doc and, the, and then applying some of that strategy for your whether it's your website or your social or your email newsletters um that's part of the writing process so so go for it <laughs> <laughs> Like yeah. really lean into being yourself and and yeah. leaning into the fact that you are the unique thing of your in your business. And mm -hmm. we have yeah. said that so many times. And I hope if you haven't heard it yet, yeah. listen to our advice. You yeah. are the only unique thing in your photo business. You're not offering anything unique <laughs> in your services or anything that you're providing, but who you are and what you stand for and who you want to work with is unique and like your sense of humor and your sense of style. That's mm -hmm. what um, people are going to be attracted to when there is such a saturation in the market of all these different talented, amazing photographers. Yeah. They're going to really want to work with the people who they resonate with. And the only way to resonate with you is to show who you are. Exactly. Yeah. Embrace so <laughs> yeah, embrace it. Yeah. So where can people find you, Natalie? Yeah, so um, my website is nataliegates.ca, and then I'm also on Instagram. It's kind of my big thing is um, at words by Natalie. So would love to hang out there and chat copywriting and life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you everybody for listening, and thank you Natalie for joining us on this call today. You gave us so much great information. Um, and if you, if you're listening to this episode, it might be worth, if you haven't been taking notes to just go back and re-listen, because there was a lot of really good information that Natalie was generous enough to, to share with us all. And um, until next week, we hope that you have another great week in your photo business. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Photo CEO Podcast with your hosts, Frederica and Megan. We hope you enjoyed your deep dive into these tips and tricks on how to transform from photographer to photo CEO. If you liked this episode, we do have a personal request. We want to continue helping more photographers like you, so we'd love if you could leave us a five-star review. This helps us reach more people, which means we can continue bringing you helpful content every week 
that helps you in your photo business. If you have any questions or would like to suggest a topic for the podcast, reach out to us by direct messaging us on Instagram at photo business design or by sending us an email to hello at photobusinessdesign.com. Thanks for listening and we hope that you have another great week in your photo business.